All right. James chapter three, starting at verse three. Here's what it reads. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By your speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the world, the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Verse seven says, this is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God, our father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his own image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. I want to talk to you this morning from this thought. Here it is. Watch your words. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus name, I ask this morning that you would step in and speak to us as only you can. Every situation that is uh, represented on this platform for those who are watching, you have the answer. And so, Father, we are asking this morning that you'll speak to us. Give us your word clearly that you will uh, lead us and will follow. Teach your ways, teach us your ways and we will learn. My prayer this morning is that you would think through my mouth, uh, think through my mind, speak through my mouth. Give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Amen. Watch your words. OK, so I'm going to jump right in. And, and say this to you as believers, we have a responsibility to watch. OK, in Matthew 26 and 40, Jesus asked his disciples, he says, uh, can you not watch with me one hour? And so my assignment today is to draw our attention to watching our words. Last week, we talked about watching your ways. But you have to watch your word. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 26 and 40, Jesus says to them that you have to watch as well as pray. So he couples watching with praying. <laughs> and so as mankind, we are thinking and processing beings. All right. We have the power within us to create and destroy life by our own words. Okay, I'm drawing your attention to your words because we have the power as God's creation, the power in us to destroy or create life with our words. Okay. So I want to jump straight into this word. Listen, uh, the high level overview of James. Here's the book of James at a very high level. The book of James seeks to persuade the reader to live up to the life 
in which they have committed themselves, namely the life in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So the text that we read today, starting at verse three through seven, um, these, these verses really elaborate on verses from chapter one, chapter one, verse 19 says this, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Chapter one, verse 26 says that a pretense of religion without the control of your tongue is worthless. Think about it. The pretense of religion. I got it together. I'm serving. I'm doing all this stuff, but you can't control your tongue. He says it's worthless. So what James is teaching us here is that uh, hearing, not speaking, is the pathway to wisdom. I just want to teach today. I don't want to preach. I ain't going to get up. I promise I won't get up today. <laughs> okay. The mark of a wise person is one who can control their speech. So I want to give you my thesis here. Here's my thesis for today. As God's creation, we have to use the ability of thinking and processing in conjunction with the power of our words to produce a life that pleases God. I want to say it again. As God's creation, we have to use the ability of thinking and processing in conjunction with the power of our words to produce a life that pleases God. Okay. The way we use our words is a part of righteous and transformed living before God. The way we use our words. My assignment today is to make sure, listen, that we consider what we say as we are living rightly before God. Every day we're striving to do right. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. You mess up, you drop the ball. But it is important to note that dropping the ball doesn't just happen with, you know, some of the behaviors that we've always assigned to, you know, non-righteous or sinful living. The thing that's important to note is that the way we use our words is also a behavior. And it is a behavior that James is teaching that can either create or it can destroy. The text says that it is a, a wanton killer <laughs> that we can kill with our tongue. So I'm going to give you three things today to consider in watching your words. Y'all ready? Y'all hit those likes. And let me know you with me. All right. It might be a little tight today, but we're going to be okay. I promise we'll make it. I promise. Three things to consider in watching your words and I'll be out of your way. Number one, I want you to consider this. Your words are powerful. Okay. Your words are powerful. James uses some imagery here that helps us understand the gravity of our words. So let's take a look at it. As we started our text today in chapter uh, in verse three, chapter three, verse three, it starts out and James gives us some imagery. He uses these pictures. He uses the bit and the bit is an instrument that's about this big that fits in the tool of the mouth 
of the horse that fits in the mouth of the horse and it is connected to the bridle. All right. Which has the straps with which the driver or the rider of the horse controls the horse. But it's really the bit in the mouth that controls the horse. OK, small. And James is using this picture to say as small as this tool is. In contrast to how large the horse is. That it can control the horse. He goes on to talk about a rudder. That a rudder is the small part or a rotor, the small part of a boat, almost one of the smallest parts of a boat, but it can um, steer the boat in the direction that it needs to go in, even in the midst of a storm. So James is using this imagery to help us understand how powerful the tongue is. Small, one of the smallest members of the body but it carries the most power. So when in considering that your uh, considering that your words matter, let's hear this text one more time. He writes a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse, a small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. He says a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it accomplishes nearly everything. Or it can accomplish nearly everything or it can destroy it. OK, now he goes on to use more imagery. And so the first thing that I uh, the text that we use today, I used it in uh, from the message version. But I want you to see here from the King James version some more imagery and I want you to some more imagery, but I want you to stay with me because I'm going somewhere. I want you to see this. James chapter three, verses seven and eight from the King James version reads like this. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Okay. So the, the imagery that James is using here is imagery that takes us back to Genesis one. Y'all stay with me. So what he's saying here is, I want you to understand that what we have inside of us in the power of our words is strongly connected to creation. Okay. So mankind is the only part of creation that has the ability to speak. You ready? God created everything first. He said, let there be light, you know, and then there was a uh, firmament and he started separating everything. And then he goes on to make uh, birds and the beast of the field and all the, the sea and all of this. So James is taking us back to this moment where God is creating. On the sixth day, he created man. OK. Now, of everything he created. The gift that he gave man is distinctive to man and to man only. 
because after he created all of this, he created man and he says to man, name this. What you going to call this, Adam? Your job is to tend to all of this. Name it. So everybody that comes behind you will call it what you call it. Okay. So the most important, the first and most important gift that's distinctive to man, listen, is the power to name, to create a language and to create language, which continues the creative activity of God. Let me say it again. In our distinctive gift that has been given, the greatest thing that we're able to do is to name a thing to create language and by creating language, we are continuing God's creative activity in the earth. So I want to make sure you get it. Okay. Because this is, this is huge in watching our words. We get the opportunity to create something in using words. We're creating something. So here's the question. What are you creating with your words? Or, or you can ask this, and this part is a what and a who. What are you destroying with your words? Or who are you destroying with your words? Now, let's sit here for a minute because you've often heard me talk about um, overthinking and how we never overthink to the positive. We always overthink to the negative. OK. And. In overthinking to the negative, we often speak of that overthinking. It's not going to happen. This is not going to work. They're not going to do this. It's not going to work in my favor. I mean, suppose this happens. Suppose that happens. And we got to remember that we are creating something with our words because words have power. What are you creating? And if we could ever get to the place of overthinking to the positive and then speak what we're overthinking in the positive. Maybe the world that we create will be what's pleasing to God and to us because uh, James says that every, that we'll speak a word and we think it doesn't matter. I was having a, a biblical conversation with my friend this week. And she said, go to Malachi chapter three. Malachi chapter three talks about the fact that the people were complaining, saying like, why should we, why should we follow after God? We follow after God and nothing seems to happen. But the people who don't follow after God, everything going right for them. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever said that? Like, Lord, I'm trying to serve you. And it seems like no matter how I'm serving you, folk who don't serve you seem like they got a good life. Look, don't look at me like that. I, I know you've said it. I've said it. The text says in Malachi that God responds to them and says, hey, I'm not pleased with that language. I heard you. I heard what you said, and I need you to get it together. Because that is not the language that you should be using. I want you to hear something that we can offend God with our language because our words have power. And I don't even have time. I don't even have the time to talk about the fact that if we could all get on one accord with our language, 
Go back to Genesis and the, and the Tower of Babel. Where God had to disperse and break up the fact that they had a language and it was one language. When they were building this tower, their motive was wrong. We're going to build it as high as heaven. And God says, let me go down here and see what they got going on. He says, I'm going to have to separate these folk because nothing will be withheld from them because their language is one. <laughs> and some of the stuff, if we get the right motive this way and then get on the same page this way, nothing will be withheld from us. But our challenge is our language. The power of our language is so destructive in our own lives, not to mention the lives of others. Think about it. What are you creating? Or what are you destroying? Listen. Or who are you destroying? James says, I want to listen. The book of James almost didn't make it into the canon of scriptures, the Bible, because it was so, so, so blunt. James is so blunt. They were thinking like, dude, and even though this is the brother of Jesus, very few times does he even reference Jesus. But he makes it in because it is righteous living that will meet the needs of the Jewish community and the Christian community. So he is very and he's speaking in a way here about language that even meets the needs or or satisfies the needs of the Greco Roman world. He is hearing them. They are hearing him say, get your speech together because your speech is powerful. You could either build or you could either tear down. And I really want you to go back and take some time and read chapter three again in different translations. And all the language that you hear is all creation language. He talks about the world. It's all these natural elements. He talks about the world. He talks about the water. He talks about a storm. He talks about fire. He talks about all of these natural elements because language, our power of words has creative nature. And God said, let there be. And there was. It is in the space of how we use our words that we continue and carry on God's creative work. What are you creating? You may need to start developing uh, 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 a declaration that not only speaks to what you want, but also speaks to the power the, the fact that your words have power and that you declare over yourself that you will use them wisely. James is really teaching us again that wise people listen more than they talk. And when they talk, when they spend the currency of their words, they spend it wisely. Some people just talk to be talking. If I was in church, I'd tell you, I'd tell you to look at your neighbor and say, shut up. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. So let's be nice. Put it in the chat. Just hush. So when you're considering your words, you got to consider, number one, that your words are powerful. Proverbs 18, 21, you know it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. OK, consider that your words are powerful. Here's number two so I can get out of here. 
Consider this. Your words are pregnant. Your words are pregnant. Listen, your words will produce a baby. Flat out. Words produce fruit. The B part of uh, Proverbs 18 and 20, death and life and power of the tongue. B part says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Here's the bottom line. Your words will produce something in your life. In a natural pregnancy, you don't get a chance to choose the gender of your baby. But you can choose what you produce from your words. You could choose it. What do you want? Stuff like this. Proverbs 15 and 1 says this. A soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. What do you want to produce? What fruit do you want to eat of? Do you want the turning away of anger, of wrath, or do you want to stir up anger? What do you want? And that's how you're going to have to approach every day what you say. Let me say something. Because your words are so pregnant, you're going to have to choose not to use some words so that you're not producing something in your life that you don't want to see. Don't look at me like that. You don't want your words to produce ugly babies in your life. Bad fruit for those that want to be offended. He just called the baby ugly. I'm calling the baby ugly from ugly words, choosing to use bad words. Get over yourself. <laughs> look, we got to come to we got to come to the resolution in our lives of what we want to give birth to. What do you want to give birth to? Now speak it. What do you want to give birth to? Mm -hmm. Look, here's another one. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. What do you want? Do you want injury or do you want health and wholeness? It depends on what you say. Listen, not just in your own life, in the lives of others around you. You can't keep complaining about family members who are no good and mooch off you and use you and you don't. You just talk about them so bad because of their behavior. That might be true, but I wonder what would happen if you started speaking some positive stuff over them or just hushed. Because maybe you have what you say because you don't guard your words about them. I'm almost finished. Watch your words. Why? Because your words are powerful. Here's what I need you to consider. Your words are powerful. Your words are pregnant. Let me give you this last one. And I'm out of here. Your words must be pruned. Oh, what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying here is 
there's some words, there's some thoughts, some some stuff you want to say that comes up in you. You got to cut it back. Because what comes up can't always come out. You got to prune it. That means you got to think about what you're going to say. You can't just fly off at the handle and feel like I'll be able to take that back. No, instead of taking it back, why don't you cut it off before it comes out? Prune your words. Prune your words. Somebody type in the chat, say less. <laughs> say less. You don't have to say everything that comes up. Listen. In First uh, Corinthians chapter six, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth concerning grace. OK, because they started doing some things that were immoral, but because they they finally understood grace, they felt like grace, you know, would cover them. And, you know, they were they were some they were doing some some salacious stuff, you know, so you got to read it, some salacious stuff. And here's what he says in verse 12. He says, uh, I. I understand that you you understand this concept of grace and you feel like because you are free now and you're no longer under the law, you can do some stuff. But Paul says something to them. And it is the concept of what he's saying that I want to extract and use here. He says here, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. He says all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any of those things. In other words, he's saying just because I'm free from being under the law. OK, now because I'm in Christ, I'm free and there's some stuff I can do. But just because I can do it don't mean I should. Such goes our words just because you can say it just because you may be justified in saying it doesn't mean you should and some stuff you're gonna have to prune you're gonna have to prune some words <laughs> and some of them it ain't just clipping away some of you gonna have to cut the whole thing out and not say it and move on just because you can doesn't mean you should are y'all with me here's what ephesians i love paul paul says to the church at ephesus in uh verse uh, chapter 4 verse 20, 29 he says this do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful listen for building others up according to their need that it may be beneficial to those who listen now now what paul is saying right here is that you're going to have to watch your words because of the influence that you have and the people who may be listening. And really, in our text today in James chapter three, when he starts at one, what he really says here is, listen, don't rush to be teachers, y'all. He said, because teachers are, are held in stricter judgment. OK, and here's the thing. I hear people quote that all the time as it relates to pastors. You know, you know, when you teach the word, you held in a, in a stricter judgment. Yeah. OK, that is true. But here's the whole concept of that. The whole concept of what he's saying is he was not just talking about preachers of the word. He was talking about any teachers in the community that had somebody listening to them. 
Anybody that was uh, that had influence over others through their words. He says, be careful because the tongue is imperfect. If any, he says, if any teacher can master his tongue, he's a perfect person. And ain't nobody perfect. So what Paul is saying here in Ephesus or to the church at Ephesus, he says, don't let any unwholesome stuff come out of your mouth. Instead, make sure the stuff that comes out of your mouth build people up and make sure that it's, it's good for everybody who's going to be listening to you. Because you have influence. I don't care who you are, where you work, what you do. You're going to have influence over somebody if it ain't nobody but your, your pet. You got influence over somebody. And he says, only let the stuff that comes out of your mouth be helpful for building people up. James says that the tongue is a killer. Paul says, make sure you watch your words in such a way that the only thing that comes from the filter of your mouth is something that builds people up. And see, we got to watch it. Because the stuff that comes out of our mouth can kill people. James says it throws mud on reputations. We could kill people with what we say. And we got to prune our words just to make sure that it may benefit those who listen. I don't care how you slice it. We have a responsibility to watch our words. Some stuff you just can't say. My mama would say, if you ain't got nothing good to say, y'all finish the line. Mm-hmm. Don't say nothing at all. And that's the thing that kills us. Listen, in a society where the social norm is to blast everybody, call everybody out, hold everybody accountable. See, that's why we got to we have to be careful with the insidious ways of the world that causes us to think. Just because we're justified that we should. And the text teaches us here. Whatever comes out of your mouth should build people up and be helpful to those who hear it or who listen. Selah. What you creating? Who you helping? What are you destroying? Who are you killing? No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Not just other people. Are you killing yourself because of the words you are, you are pronouncing over you? Oh, Lord. Listen. Maybe he didn't pass the grade. That doesn't mean that you are a bad parent. Uh, Holy Ghost. Yeah. Stop beating yourself up. You got to start speaking to you 
Because to those who he says, he says, make sure what you say is helpful to those that hear. That's them and you. Because all are hearing you hear you. That's why what comes out of your mouth needs to build you up and be helpful to you. Listen, you deserve to hear yourself speak well of you. You deserve to hear you celebrate you for the great stuff you've done. You deserve to hear you esteem yourself highly. Rough week, Friday, you made it. Celebrate yourself. You need to look in your rearview mirror while you driving and say, Mary, girl, you made it. You thought you was going to quit this week, but you made it. You better go ahead with your bad self. That was Jesus calling. To tell you, speak well of yourself. He's given you the power to create and to build up. And you got to use it. And let me give you this last thing. We've heard this over and over again. In Psalm 19, David is speaking of the revelation of God. And he's talking and meditating on things about God. And he comes to the end of the, uh, the Psalm in verse 14. He says this, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let what I say, and let what I think about be the good stuff that you see. That has to be our prayer. Lord, I, I want to say stuff that's acceptable to you. Do you think that speaking badly of others is pleasing in God's sight? Do you think that tearing down, sitting around, talking about people, tearing down their character is pleasing in God's sight? Do you think speaking poorly of you, of yourself, is pleasing in God's sight? No, James says that we bless God with our mouth. But then we turn around and curse those that he created in his own image with the same mouth. We got to watch our words. Because my job today was to remind you. That you have the power to create. We are the only species that God created. That can name a thing that can create a language. And it is our job to keep afresh the creative activity of God by what we say. I speak over you every week and have been doing it for at least 14 years, 
every Sunday. And even our preaching team, that if I'm not preaching when they dismiss, they do the they do what we call the blessing. Because I understand the power of speaking life over you. Mom. Take them children that get on your nerves and put their hand, put your your hand right on their face. And speak life over them. Create something in them with your words. Dad. Put the face of your wife. In your hands and tell her that she's a good woman. Come on. Speak life. No, 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 no. Because you you unmarried don't mean you can't get this. Here it is. Look yourself in the mirror. Take a, a, a turn your camera around. And record yourself telling you that you are worth it, that whenever you find her, whenever uh, he finds you, it's going to be all she wrote because life is going to happen in a new way. You got to start speaking some stuff over your life. If you're going to live a transformed life that pleases God, you have to watch what you say because your power, your words have power. They are pregnant. And we got to get the pruners out to make sure that we cut back the stuff that does not create but destroy. Listen, I hope that this has been a blessing to you, but uh, it has been a blessing to me because because I'm an overthinker. I say some stuff to myself in my own mind, in my spirit. That God ain't pleased with. Not not because it's blasphemy. But it does not create in the spirit that he created. It does not create in the way that God created. God created everything that adds value. And sometimes what comes out of our mouths don't don't add value. It subtracts and divides and breaks down. And God says, I've given you the power to add and multiply. I do not care how rough it is right now. What do you want to see? You're overwhelmed. I will acknowledge that. But what do you want to give birth to in this season? Hmm. Yeah, you seem to be maybe it's not as as going as fluidly as it once did and things seem to have changed. Okay, I get it. But what do you want to create right now? I've said it to you before and I said it again. I'll say it again. When God created everything, he did not state the obvious. When he opens up and says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and God and the and the earth was without form. It was void and darkness hovered over the face of the deep. And God said. He did not say it's dark in here. Stating the obvious. What commercial is that? Captain obvious. God says, let there be light. He didn't say what he saw. He said what he wanted to see. And the text responds. And there was light. What do you want to see? 
Maybe the season that you're in is dark. So you'll be prompted to rehearse what, what you want to see. Because your words have power. You want to see multiplication? Create it with your words. Hmm? Is it hell in your house, but you want to see peace? Speak to it. That's what Jesus did. He sleep on a the boat. They shake him, wake him up. Don't you care that we about to die out here? If I was Jesus, I'd have been like, ooh, can I get a nap anywhere? What y'all crying about? A storm. Let, let me take care of this. Jesus goes up there and he says, peace, be still. He didn't say storm, stop raging. He spoke to what was out of order. Peace, be still. Because he didn't see a storm. He just saw peace that was out of order. Peace wasn't behaving the way it was supposed to be behaving. <laughs> and so he says to it, hey, 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 peace, be still. Get somewhere and sit down. And there was a calm. Speak to what you want to see. Stop rehearsing what you see. It's already there. But you got to give birth to something else with your words. Man, I got to go. I got to go. Listen. Consider that your words are powerful. That your words are pregnant. And that your words must be pruned. There needs to be a filter over your mouth. And God who spoke something out of nothing has given us the ability to be creative with our words. Now, let me say this before I go. Your words need to line up with his. Now, you just can't make up no foolishness. Let me go on to say this. Your words need to line up with his. What has he said about you? Say that. Stop saying the opposite of what he said about you. I know God said, but I don't. Say what he said about you. Don't make up nothing. No abracadabra. Say what he said about you. And watch it come to pass. And I got to go. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you now for considering this part, us, this part of your creation to be so special that you would give us the power to speak like you have the power to speak. Jesus said that we can speak to a mountain and it will be removed and cast into the sea because you, God, have given us the words, the power of our words. Now, Lord, forgive us for mishandling the power that you've given us. Forgive us for not using the power that you've given us. Forgive us for complaining instead of speaking life. 
Forgive us for cursing instead of blessing. Forgive us for tearing down instead of building up. Holy Spirit, give us the grace to understand our responsibility in watching our words. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you're here today and you need to make a decision of, uh, regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And here's how we do that here at Christ Center Church. There's a number on the screen, and I want you to text that number. If you need to give your life to the Lord today, and you can, we got a team waiting for you. You can text new life to this number. And there's a team waiting for you to get you connected. They'll pray with you. They'll show you what you need. And we have a church and a fellowship of people that will walk this thing out with you. We're a family. If you want to join Christ Center Church, and I invite you to do that today, I'd love to be your pastor. You can text the word connect to this same number. And the team is waiting to give you the information that you need to get connected. This week is going to be a powerful week for you. Because remember, I told you last week that God speaks to what he's doing. God's ready to release some fresh stuff into your life based on the world you create with your words. Are you ready? So I want to bless you and speak life over you like I do every week. Here it is. You, and I keep saying I'm going to do a whole teaching on this blessing. But until then, here it is. You are ambassadors of Christ. You leave this platform to seek and to save that which is lost. I declare in Jesus' name that everything your hands touch will prosper. And don't let me declare it over you and you don't declare it over yourself. I declare that every place the soles of your feet shall tread upon you shall possess. I declare that you are above only and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. I declare that on your job, favor waits for you. You are not the problem, but you are the solution to the problem. I declare money comes to you, but not just money. Wisdom to handle the money that comes your way. I declare that your home is established in peace, that your marriage is whole, healthy, and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop stating the obvious of your marriage. Speak what you wanna see. I declare that your single life is whole, healthy, and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I declare that you walk in the authority to speak life, to others as well as yourself. I speak the blessings of the Lord upon you, wholeness, benefit, prosperity, and favor. May it be your portion both now and forever. Go in peace, and the God of peace goes with you. I love you. Thank you for watching. Have an amazing week.